I had a, uh, a vision. It was, I could, I'll probably just say, say it was, I was not sleeping. And I got a picture of myself when I was about 10 years old. And this was sometime in the midst of my pain last night. It was, it's a picture that I, a photograph that I know I have that I've seen of myself when I was about 10 or 11. And, but the person came to me, that person, either at 10 years old. And I thought, what is this about? And I, could, I felt a funny little uneasiness just having that thought. And I say, God, okay, you know, I'm preparing to minister your word. What are you saying? What are you saying to me by me thinking about myself when I was about 10? And he said to me, who were you before the negativity entered? Who were you? And I thought, okay, who, who was I then? I, I think even at 10, I was a little bit insecure because I was really short, if you can imagine. I was. I was short and round. Okay, I was fat. <laughs> so I remember being insecure, but he said, who were you before? And so I thought, okay, you're not just asking me that. So I want to ask you all, who were you before sin entered? Who were you before doubt entered? Who were you before something entered you that caused you to be different from who you were or who God says you were? Who were you? Go back in your mind. Who were you before somebody said you're not good enough? Before somebody you were with decided to leave you alone, leave you with your kids? Who were you? Who were you before somebody abused you, misused you, paid you less than your counterparts because you are of a different color? Who were you before you got disappointed, distracted, depressed. Who were you before somebody that you really, really loved died and something entered? Who were you before? I think that's what he was asking me and I think that's what he wants to ask you. When you look in the mirror, who are you? And uh, do you see the one that he called or do you see the one that you have become? I really want you to think about it because he wants us to come back to ourselves. He wants us to come to ourselves. So before we can come to ourselves, we have to agree that we may have diverted just a little bit. Who were you before the sickness? Who were you before you had pain? Who were you before your husband began to ignore you and treat you poorly? Who were you before that? Who were you before the teacher starts saying, you are dumb? Do you know a teacher literally called my grandson dumb? or a word like that. In this day and age, who were you before somebody had the nerve to call you outside your name? Because you know, they used to say, uh, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But words do hurt us. Who were you be before you just became a negative kind of a person? Were you always seeing the things empty or half empty and not half full? Who were you? Think about it. Think about what have you allowed to come in and distort your image? What did you allow to come in and make you be different from, from what God says you are? You used to be really happy and then something happened? Or did somebody call you a word that made you question who you were and then you began to fake it and become a different person? Is the person that showed up this morning the real you? Are you faking? Do you, are you wearing a mask? Because the people that are looking at you, unless they're very discerning, they don't know. They don't know if they're getting the real you. But God wants 
you to come forth. And so he told me, go back to before. So I went to, let's just read uh, Psalms 139. And if you could put that up for me, please, in the Amplified Bible. I want you to know how important you are to God, how much he put into creating you. And sometimes we think, well, we're just one of millions, but he made us all so different. He took time with each one of us. So verse uh, 13, is that 13? Yeah. It says, you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Verse 14, I will give thanks and praise to you for I am, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and skillfully formed as if embroidered with many colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me. So that means that before you ever showed up, he wrote about you. Not you, the universe, you. Each one of us were formed before we ever showed up, and everything was written in the book. That was his plan for us. He had a plan for each and every one of us individually and of course as the body but I want us to realize how important we are to God that he called you from before you ever came he placed you in your mother's womb that's because he knew you before right God knew you before and he's taken you somewhere he put purpose on the inside of you before anything else ever took shape before anything else ever happened he called you and then you might ask, so why am I right here? But he's saying he's ordained it, right? But then something may have entered that diverted you, that distracted you, and so you may not be where you're supposed to be. So he said for me to tell you, let's go back. Let's look at what was his original intent for us. Look at who he said we were supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing. So even if you don't know your personal purpose, You'll know what he said about humankind, about what he intended for us to do as we occupied until he came. And some of us know and some of us don't know and some of us have forgotten, right? But it, it says, you saw me before I was born. Now, this is the New Living Translation. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I just want you to hold on to the importance of you, just you. Without you could block out the rest of the people in the room and say, God is telling me that he already had it ordained what I was supposed to do. He knew I was going to be right here today. How, if I want you to really go there without the hindrances, without the, the thoughts, without the questioning, just go, the almighty God of the universe called me specifically and put purpose on the inside of me. That's too exciting for me. I could run around just for that. He, so that means anybody else that said something, because he is all powerful and almighty, what he says is most important. And so he called me. So he called every last one of you all, and he said, hey, come over here today. 
March the March the 8th, come to the Champion Center at 10 o'clock. He said, not me, not Pastor Liddell, guys. You have to place yourself in the will of God. He said, do this. He said, do that. You might think you're just coming because that's what I do every Sunday. How about you put yourself in the midst of purpose? That means when you come, you're going to be more attentive because God said, I got something to tell you. But then if you put in front of you, oh, God, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to church. And then in the whole time you're in church, you're thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner. Or how tired you are. Or what you did yesterday. Can we focus on his things? What he says. Now, see, when you get up and go to work, that might be part of your purpose. But if it's not, that's not his things. You're just making a living. But we, we, we are not missing work. We are going to be there. We are going to be on time, right? But when it comes to his things, we can sail in late. And I have to say, ouch to my own self. You sail in late, but you're not late for work. Or if you have an appointment, look, you have a doctor's appointment, you're not late. So you're going so they can tell you what's wrong with you. That's very important. I don't want to waste the doctor's time. But God is here waiting for us. If you have, if you're part of the Champion Center on Saturday morning at 11 o'clock, he's waiting for you, I mean 8 o'clock, he's waiting for you on the prayer line. Most of us never dial in. That's, if you're committed to this body, then you're on the prayer line. If you're committed to this body, you're in the groups on a Wednesday night. What are we saying? When we commit to other things, hey, you're not going to like me, but it doesn't matter. But when you connect to other things, you make it to their stuff. But God thinks we put it to the back. It's because we don't understand how awesome he is. And we minimize him to people. See, don't look at me. I'm not him. I'm just a representative. Don't shoot the messenger. He just sent me to say, tell them your life would go to another level if you put me first. Put my things first. See, what we do, let me tell you, justifying. Well, that's just the champion center. That's not God. Yes, it is. It's his work. It is his work. And something might be wrong here or at another church, but maybe if you link yourself up, you join hands, you can fix it, you can help it, you can make it better. What do we do? We stand at the sidelines and complain. We do, I hear the complaints. Half the time, I cannot believe what people complain about. Because do you think that it's everybody else's responsibility to fix the church but yours? No, he said every joint supplies. So what's wrong might be because your joint is off to the side waiting for somebody else to fix it. Now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. We have an excuse why we don't go to the group meetings on a Wednesday. And the excuse could be church, could be the church TV. It could be your church. That's TV. Some people, they watch TV like it's church because I got to watch so-and-so at this and this time, Right? God is saying that the world will take notice of the church when we get in line. They think we're, we're, they think we're really dumb. 
The world thinks y'all just talk and jump and make noises, but you don't make a difference. The reason we don't make a difference is that we don't know how to join hands with each other without talking about each other negatively. We should repent. We should all repent. If you have ever talked about a church leader, repent now. I'm going to give you a minute. God says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. That means you don't get to have an opinion about a person that he puts up here. You pray for that person until you see a change or he will move them. You can pray for him to move somebody, but you don't need to tell. I don't need to go tell Kim. He don't need to be up there. She don't need to be up there. He don't, she should do this. How come this? We are weakening ourselves. As the body of Christ, guys, we're weakening ourselves. If we join, we'll strengthen each and every one of us is wonderfully made, fearfully made. That's what he said. And he ordained you for purpose. He doesn't have you just sitting up here on a Sunday because you don't have anything else to do. I know everybody else has choices. But you come. It means that you've committed. So act like you're committed. Do what you're supposed to do. You know your strengths. You don't have to be afraid of being hurt. All of us could say we've been hurt by church. And I don't know why I'm on this, but cl clearly we need to hear it. You may be hurt by church, but you still are responsible to God. It's the same way if you're hurt in a marriage, if you're still there, you still has to, you have to function as the wife, the husband, if you choose to remain there. Because if you're halfway doing it, you're weakening yourself. It's like if you hate your job, quit. You're weakening yourself. You need to be able to bring your whole self to wherever you are. Are you in, in this job? Do it with all your might. That's the word. You in the marriage? Love with all your might. Serve with all your might. Honor with all your might. We weaken ourselves when we have to do something. And the other half of us is in our brain negatively. You're weakening your own self. Don't talk bad about people. Don't talk about people negatively. It's just wrong. If you're not willing to come to a person and tell them, the Bible says, if you see your brother in fault, go to them. Tell them. Then it's off of you, right? Then shut up after that. You don't have to go tell everybody. That shouldn't happen in the church because we are wise people. And spiritually, it's not like you're going to get a spanking. You're weakening your own self. If you talk about me, you're weakening yourself if you can't come tell me. Tell me. And then if I don't, what does the word say? Go to your brother. And then if they, don't, if they don't receive what you've said, get somebody else and come to them and say it. It's what weakens families. Everybody has their own opinion and they go to their own little corner with their toys. I'm not, you can't play with my truck anymore. And I'm over here and you over there. And we have no power. We have no power. Do you think the power is going to work just for yourself? No. Why did he make more than one person? Why did they make all these? Why did God create all of us? He intended us to walk together as one person. That's how we have effect on, on the demonic realm. That's how we kill and disperse demons. Why are the demons not running? Because we've weakened ourselves. Strengthen yourself, strengthen your brother. Look for the good things in each other 
encourage those. And if it's a bad thing, then say something. Let's work it out. That works for marriages, for families, for jobs. Let's work it out. Let's stop discussing each other negatively. Can we agree to that? Genesis 1. We're going to go to the beginning. So we know what did God say about us. Genesis 1, 26. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image. This is his original plan. He said to the Father, the Father said, the Son and the Holy Spirit, it was like a collaboration. Let us make man in our image. And what is, what is the image? The image is not a physical image, okay? You know how we look in the mirror, we see our physical selves. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost said, let us make man like us, our moral standards, our spiritual beings. He made us in his image. And I thought, okay, so we knew that scripture, right? We already knew that. But what does that actually mean and are we walking like it? So if we are in the image of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I thought, let me just tell you some things about the image of all three, because he said we are made in that image, right? Okay, so some of the attributes of God, the Father, he is the life giver, a lawmaker, he is omnipresent, all, all, all powerful, he is omnipotent, okay, he is all wise, holy, he is a healer, a protector. I know that you all have a lot of things that you can describe God, his image, but when we look in the mirror, he said he made us like that. So he made us to have the ability to give life as well, right? He said that we have the gift of healing. We can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He said if any one of us lack wisdom, let us ask for it. He will give it to us. So we have wisdom. We have the ability to heal like that, like our God. The image of God is who we are. He said let us make man like us. So we are like God. He made us like him, all his attributes. We can look in the mirror and see that in us are what we're supposed to give to the world. He made, he said, like Jesus, he is the, he's our intercessor, right? He, when, when Jesus went to heaven, they left the Holy Spirit, and he went to the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. So that means he cares. That's us. We have caring in us, compassion for each other. We want to pray for one another. So we, we are intercessors like Jesus. Jesus sacrificed. He didn't have to go to the cross, but the father said, you need to go to the cross to die for all these people. And Jesus said, yes. How about the willingness to sacrifice? We're not asking anybody to go to the cross, but there are sacrifices that some of us refuse to make. But God said we are made in his image. The image of Christ is in us. The ability to sacrifice our feelings. That's what we usually don't want to sacrifice. How we feel. That's not going to feel right. And he says don't be moved by how you feel. Can we sacrifice for one another? Can we take the extra step in our relationships? Can we bear each other's burdens? Which is that's what Jesus did. Think about some of the attributes of Jesus. We, we all read the Bible. You all know him. He's obedient. He was obedient all the way to the cross. Obedient. Can we obey? Or are we going along our own way? He said he already saw where we were going 
before we even went. So that means when you choose to go your way, then that's why you run into trouble because you haven't sought his way. What is it that you wrote in the book about me, God? What'd you say? What was I supposed to do? Shouldn't we be asking him all the time or do we decide what to do based on what our parents said to do or based on what somebody else said? This would be better for you. You should do this. But what did God say? Where is our life that is reflecting the image of God? The image of God, he said he created us in his image and after his likeness, his morals, his standards, his spiritual being is in us. Christ in me. Christ in me. Are we reflecting when we, when people, people should be able to walk by us and see the image of God. Sense the image of God because the wisdom of God is something that draws people to you. When you're wise, people want to know what you have to say. Where is your gang, the, the bunch of people that you're reflecting your image on? Where are they? Are they around you? Can we see them? Where are the people that are looking up to you? God in you and Jesus is in you and the Holy Spirit. Where are the people that you are impacting with your life? Where are they? Or is it just you? Because what did Jesus do? Everywhere he went, there were people around him following him. Why? The same spirit is in you. He said, greater works would we do. Do we really believe it, guys? Do we really believe the word? I'm checking me and I'm checking you because he said I could, right? I could check you because I'm up here. But it, everything that I'm saying, do I really believe that the power of the Holy Ghost is right here? That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? That no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper? Do I believe it? Or am I just spitting words out? What is the plan that God put in you? What is it that he started that he said he is completing until the day of Jesus Christ? What is it? Christ Jesus, the son of God, is in us. And so we are made in his image. He said, let us make man. And the biggest part of that, after he made us, he told us to go ahead and have authority over the, the fish, the birds, all the plants, over the physical things on the earth. He told us to have dominion. He never told us to have dominion over each other. He never told us that. And the enemy has tried to plant that controlling thing in people, in God's people. And some that stand behind the pulpit. We're not supposed to control people. He didn't tell us to. Everybody's subject to each other. Everybody submit to one another. He wanted us to walk together in unity and love and compassion. It wasn't supposed to be a, like a Hitler kind of thing, right? He didn't, he didn't tell us that. But he prepared everything. He made the heavens and the earth. He made the water. He, he created the environment for us. And then he put us in it. Then he made us. He made man and then he made the woman. Because he wanted, it was his original intent that man and woman be together. Family and children. And they're supposed to bear godly seed. That's all his, that's his original intent. Regardless of what happens in the world, God had an intent for all of us. And we can't, we don't have the right to change it. He created the family, y'all. That was his intent. He created a way that we can continue to populate the earth with godly seed. That was his plan. We've gotten real mamby-pamby about all that to each his own and whatever they do. 
No, but we can't change the people, but we, can, we, we cannot change God's word. His word is his word. We can think something different, but you can't change his word. And people, you can't change the people, but you should keep his word on your, in your mouth. Say what God says. And the Holy Spirit, the last part of the three, let us make us. So we are supposed to dominate. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subjugate it, let it be subject to you. Dominate. That's what we're supposed to do. That's a big job. Dominate. Run things. Rule. Because he rules, right? That's the God part of the Godhead. But the Holy Spirit, I want to read this one more thing, and then I'm going to wrap up. The Holy Spirit is what allows us to do everything that I'm talking about. It's only by the Spirit of God, because we're wrapped in flesh. But only by the Spirit of God can we be really obedient when we allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. So I want to read this. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2 from verse 10. Because you know what, what everything boils down to is that we are spirit beings. We are spirit beings. If we would see ourselves as spirit instead of flesh, a lot of the fights that go on wouldn't go on because that's where we're different. But in the spirit, we are the same. In your spirit, you're the same as your brother and your sister. Our spirits belong to God. Everybody is a believer, I hope. And if you're not, then the Bible says you can't understand anyway, so we get you saved first. But the Holy Spirit causes us to be more alike than different. A whole different set of rules. We were created in the image of God. We were created through him and for him. That's, that's your purpose. You are for God. You're not for yourself. You were created for him. You are ambassador of Christ on the earth. So he wants us to lay aside our agenda and our master plan for ourselves and, and take his on. And then the more success will be there for us. I want to read uh, 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. Could you go back to 9? I, that's the scripture that says, eyes have not seen. Things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man. The things that God has in store for us, they're in the invisible realm, but we can draw those things to ourselves through the spirit of God. That's how we accomplish everything that he wants us to do. That's how we get to the places that we think, I can't do that. In him, there is no, I can't. He says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So get in the spirit realm and then everything is possible. The third heaven where everything is as it's supposed to be. That's where we want to spend more time. Life is too difficult in the earth realm. Don't you all agree? Life is difficult if you're fighting in the physical realm. It's too hard of a fight. We can't, if we fight in the physical, we're not going to win. So if you're not winning, maybe you need to just take a step over into the spirit realm and hear what God has to say about it. Take your issue, your problem, and lay it before God and just stay there with him for a minute. See if he doesn't tell you what to do. That's it. That's the, and it sounds simple, but it really is. If we try to toil with things, they never work. It's because you're working it in the physical, and it's not going to work. Not according to what God says, right, Stephen? <laughs> Verse 10, okay, for God has unveiled these things and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. 
For the Spirit searches all things. The Spirit searches all things, guys, all things. The Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels and things far beyond. See, that's a realm. You don't have to know anything. You just need to get in there. Get accustomed to going in the spirit. You don't have to come for somebody else to reveal something to you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Go to him. And it's not, you know, sometimes we say, go to God. Spend time in the word. It's not that hard thing. It's, he's our friend. He is our friend. He's whatever you need him to be. He's your daddy. He's my husband. Whenever I feel like, oh God, when are you going to send a husband? Well, he is my husband. The word says the Lord of hosts is his name. And whenever I need something, it comes, guys. It's because, now I could feel like it didn't come because I'm thinking it didn't come on time. But in the spirit, everything is as it's supposed to be. You have to believe that. Believe that in the spirit realm, you're already healed. Iris, in the spirit, you are already healed. So what you got to do is to get in there as much as you can so you can receive it. In the spirit, you got all the money you already you need in the spirit realm. What do we do to get, to connect? You got to spend more time there than here. Then people begin to call you nuts. You know, you crazy. You, no, you have to say what God says until you see what you need to see.